It's the Mego Museum Podcast. Scott and Ryan each sold separately. Hey there, Mego Heads. I'm Brian. And I'm Scott. And welcome to the Mego Museum Podcast. This is kind of a rushed edition because the news is hot. Um, and it's pertaining to the uh, recent announcement, or I guess the big bomb, of uh, Biff Bang Pow has acquired two new licenses in the classic Battlestar Galactica and the $6 million man. Yay! People are so excited. And um, I know we both are and eager to talk with Jason Lindsay from Biff Bang Pow about uh, what's going on with this, with this new development. And uh, I've got some information about what we'll be able to see at, I guess, the upcoming New York Comic Con. Yeah, we basically get a tip of the hat as to what to wave one will be for Six Million Dollar Man, and that's uh, it's it's what you hope it is. Awesome. Well, let's check it out, and then uh, we'll come back and talk about it. So, ladies and gentlemen, Brian Heiler interviews Jason Lindsay of Biff Bang Pow. All right, I'm sitting with uh, well, not sitting, but sit on the phone with Jason Lindsay from Biff Bang Pow. Some of you may remember him from an earlier podcast. Um, Jason, thanks for coming and. Uh, You've been uh, the man of the hour this week with announcements, or I should say, Biff Bang Pow has uh, with yeah, new licenses. Yeah, well, thank you for having me yeah. uh, virtually, as it were. And uh, yeah, Biff Bang Pow, we'd, we'd like to think we're the man of the man of the hour, the company of the hour, whatever. But yes, thank you very much. We've been sitting on the the information for a long time, um, and it's certainly been brewing for a long time. And you know, from the from the initial sort of conversations to now. Um, it just felt like an eternity because we know how excited people can get about these titles. So it's it's taken a long time to to um, well, it's been hard keeping it quiet. Let's put it that way. So yeah, I'm sure. We're kind of overwhelmed by the response. It's been really, really nice. Now, I mean, Battlestar Galactica's had some licensing before uh, in, in in the last twenty years. However, you are the first person to make six million dollar man merchandise in thirty years. Is, is that true? They, no, yeah. no one's ever done. I, I thought that was the case, but I knew about Battlestar. But um, yeah, you know, you're right. No, nothing has really been, which is which is remarkable because it's one of those shows that is so iconic. You know, hmm. I, I think it's syndicated. I think it's it's run a lot. It's amazing that a show like Battlestar Galactica that was on for one season, you know, had had that much of an impact that people. You know, people get licenses and, and, and make toys because they, they know there's an audience or they hope there's an audience there. And uh, that, that's, that's kind of fascinating. Uh, that Six Million Dollar Man, having, having been on for several seasons, nothing had happened with. But um, up until recently anyway, and this could be the case from the 70s on, I don't know, or the early 80s on, the, the big problem with that, the big issue, and the issue for us when we talked about this Years ago, when I was talking to Universal about this while we were doing Lebowski, we were talking about Six Million Dollar Man. Universal never had uh, or had lost Lee Major's likeness, so, and that that always kept us away from from actually going after it because it was like, well, yeah, we got the logo and we can do T-shirts and we can this and that. And it's like, well, what if we want to do a, a lunch tin, you know, a tin tote, or what if we want to do a figure? It's like, no, we don't have his likeness. <laughs> and so we never, every, every year they kind of, you know, inquire about it and sit down and talk about it. And it never changed. Uh, it was the same issue with Back to the Future, where I think Mattel had finally got through that, or Universal did, got likenesses for, 
for Michael J. Fox. I think they had Christopher Lloyd, or that was an issue as well, but the big one was Michael J. Fox, and they finally got it sorted, you know, good on Mattel for doing it, and I, you know, I wish them all the best of luck, but when, you know, they would talk to us about Back to the Future, that was the part that always stopped us. It's the same, same issue. Mm-hmm. So just recently, they approached us again, and we had more conversations about Six Million Dollar Man, and it had changed, and I don't know what had changed or how it had, but Major's likeness was now included in the, the negotiations, so that was a big, big deal. So, oh, absolutely! Uh, yeah, it was very, very attractive to us. So uh, we're very excited. So let's uh, let's talk about teases. Obviously, there's not. There, I understand there's going to be some stuff you can't talk about, uh, but um, the original Six Million Dollar Man doll obviously was full of gimmicks, bells and whistles. Is there any plans to kind of? have a little fun with that concept in, in the, the Biff Bang Pow version? Absolutely. That, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when, when we talked about Flash Gordon or the times we talked about Flash Gordon, it's like, I feel like even people that barely know that movie, if you say Flash Gordon to them and you say the movie, they instantly know the theme song. It's just like instant recognition. And it, to me, it's like $6 million man. You start talking about it. Everybody knows the theme and everybody knows the bionic sound effect things like that they, mm-hmm. like i feel like you know we have to play with we have to have something iconic like that you know within the structure of either the bobbleheads or the, or the figures and things like that and also you know be be cool and current like everything else we're doing the way we're kind of doing the retro things we've we've done um i think it's 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 sort of embracing the past but it's updated sculpts and things like that and i think you're going to see the same thing. Definitely nods to the past, um, but, you know, updated, as it were. How uh, close are we to seeing something on this line? I mean, people are just going crazy now. Well, it's funny you should say that. Uh, this week coming up is New York Comic Con, and Entertainment Earth will be there in full force at their booth, uh, whose number is not in the top of my head right now. I'm sorry. Um, but this thing, how will be represented and we just got clearance to show a little something, something from Six Million Dollar Man. Oh, fantastic! And we will have we will have a prototype of the Bigfoot figure oh. there at the booth for everyone oh. to see, and it's absolutely stunning. I can't and well, that's awesome news, and that'll be at booth six forty four. I just yes, looked, booth, I there just you go, booth six four four at New York Comic Con. Oh, that's amazing! Uh, so we're going to be able to actually see uh, Bigfoot. For the first right. time. Oh, that's amazing. That's right. I'm sure pictures will be, once that thing kicks off, I think it's Wednesday night, and I'm sure the internet will be a buzz. You know, flooded with pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, it's pretty cool. Are there anything, is there anything going to be from Battlestar Galactica on display? Um, I don't think so. We, it, this stuff was very, very tight, and um, we, we just, we've got, you know, a whole list of things, you know, in development and that are being worked on and, and you know, character lists and things, but... Physically, uh, nothing that's going to show up this week. Now, the, battle, the, ba- the Battlestar fandom is, is very, very strong, and I'm noticing a lot of people asking a lot of questions about random guest stars and that sort of thing. But uh, I'm going to assume that your first plans are to talk about the main characters and, and, and the main villains, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Or, or yeah, I mean, it's... Have... Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's I think that's fair to say. I mean, I think it's it's smart and and fair to always do that. You know, it's I know it's it's hard to we did it with Venture Brothers a little bit as a launch because we were so confident 
in not giving both the brothers, you know, in the first wave and kind of mixing it up. But you really do have to, you really do have to have the mentality uh, for for these these projects that we do, these cult cult items. That if this works, great. But if it doesn't, and these are the only four or five characters you get to make, um, you know, you better start with the strong ones uh, in, in many ways. Maybe a strong one and a slightly weaker one, so you can you can kind of show that we're not forgetting the, the secondary characters as well. But you got to start strong in case this is all you ever get to do. I remember when was it Mezco or Palisades? Palisades had Adult Swim, um, and they had the Brack Show and C Lab. No, uh, yeah, the Brack Show and C Lab 2020 or something, mm-hmm. and 2021. And um, you know, the Brack Show they put out the mom and dad and the dining room set, the living room set, whatever it was, and they didn't put out Brack and a couple of the other characters. Now, to be fair, several years before that, another company had put out a Brack and a Space Ghost. Um, was it Toynami? Oh, I don't even uh, remember. Or it was Art Asylum, I think. I forget. And, and, they, and they did that many, many years ago. They put a Zorak out and a, and a Brack. But, you know, if you didn't have those and you were looking forward to this Adult Swim launch, all you got was the mother and the father from the Brack show. They never did anything else from the Brack show. And there were loads of characters to do. But, but it wasn't successful enough or it didn't work. And that was all they ever got to do. And they only did two characters from C-Lab. Um, and they weren't, you know, the, the most popular characters necessarily. I mean, I'm probably going to get lots of comments about this. I'm probably wrong on some of these points. But, but my point is that we, we, couldn't, we couldn't launch with, you know, Patrick McNee. Uh, everyone knows how much I love Patrick McNee because I love the Avengers. But we couldn't launch with, with Count Iblis and, um, you know, and Bore. You wouldn't put those two out to, to kick off. You want to launch with something like, Starbuck and 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 uh, Cylon or Starbuck and Apollo, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that 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 definitely makes sense. So, I guess basically what you're saying is, if the line is successful, you'll you'll continue towards the obscurities, but you're going to go with your best bets at the start. Yeah, I mean, again, not you know obscurities. I mean, you know, the show only lasted a season. I mean, you know, it's hard to. You know how how obscure are we ever going to get? I don't know. I mean, I'd love to be able to make, you know, fifteen twenty characters. I, I'd, I'd love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we only get to do eight or nine, they're going to be mixed in. And you know, the other thing too, again, to kind of play with the to go back to the six million dollar man thing is, you know, we're we're thinking about this these toys, these figures, and, and the Mattel stuff. That every kid of the seventies had this stuff. Everybody oh, yeah. had this stuff. Everybody had Steve Austin. And everybody had the Mattel stuff. They had the Vipers. They had the, the Cylon ships. They had, um, you know, the, the small figures. I mean, every single kid, I think, had a Starbuck and an Adama and a Cylon, at least, and a Daggett. Right. At least those four four characters. Um, and then, you know, there were the weird kids, like probably like you and me, that, that got a Bore or, a, or a, you know, a, um, a Baltar. Like, I remember finding Bore just even as a kid. Being like, is this what is this? Is this a mistake? Like I thought it was like a Boba Fett, like a yeah, like a one-off. Like it was so weird that I found another character. You know, actually, and we never we never ma- got them in Canada. You never got them. No. Didn't you have to mail away for the uh, the gold Cylon? Yeah, I remember seeing that in a comic, and I was ex- we were Canadians were excluded, but um, <laughs> but yeah, we never got that second wave. I think I saw that as a teenager, and I, I felt the same as you. It's like they did they did Baltar, you know. 
They did Baltar, they did Bore, they did uh, Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they never did Apollo. God knows why. I, yeah, I've heard different uh, back and forth on that. Um, yeah, rumors, everything from Richard Hatch didn't want his, his likeness on a toy to... Um, um, yeah, I have no, I have no idea what what the actual story is, though. Personally, maybe somebody can write in and tell us. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be curious to hear that. Some, probably some urban myth about Mikey eating like cereal and spider's <laughs> eggs, spider's eggs and bubble yum. Yeah. <laughs> in, in Vietnam, yeah. In Vietnam, yeah. <laughs> but um, well, go, going to that, going to that Christmas morning in the seventies. What were your, what was your favorite bionic toy growing up? It's it's total it's complete cliche, but it was um it was the Steve it was the Steve Austin doll. I just I loved it. I loved the skin thing always bothered me as a kid because I could never I always had a hard time getting the pieces back in under the skin and I always like misplaced one of them. Mm-hmm. I would eventually find it laying around somewhere, but it so I kind of stopped doing it for a while. Um but I loved it and I loved the you know the uh, the car engine that it came with. I had a I remember a model kit too that somebody got me for a birthday. I oh. thought it was a model kit. Yeah, they did Aurora make a ser- They weren't Aurora. I think they were MPC. MPC. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, had, I had one of those. Um, and I I distinctly recall the um, I don't think I had any of the playsets, but the Oscar. Um, I almost said Oscar Madison. The Oscar <laughs> Madison and Felix. <laughs> The Oscar Madison Felix Unger playset. Did you get that as a yeah, kid? Yeah, oh, it absolutely. Was great. Yeah, yeah. One half of the apartment was just filthy, and the other half was just perfect. Um, no, the Oscar Goldman uh, figure because it had that that brief. I know I had the briefcase, but you got to remember this is. I mean, I was. This stuff kicked off like what seventy four, seventy five, or so. Seventy five, I think the first doll came out. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just. I mean, my real. I have. I have great memories right around that time, but when it, it gets much more vivid for me, you know, 76, 77, 78, like once, mm. once Star Wars sort of comes into my life, it, it really explodes, you know, the, the memories. Yeah. Um, uh, and then for Battlestar, it was, um, I was lucky enough to have gotten in on that first wave of ships oh. that had the missiles that, that still shot out from them. Right. The room, right. You know, and then, because I remember the, the next ship that I got, it was some sort of a, uh, a knock, not a knockoff, but it was it was a you know it was a Battlestar ship, but it wasn't the Viper and it wasn't the the Cylon thing. Um, but yeah, it, they it they, a, they made a lot like the same with Kenner with Star Wars. They made a lot of like these are just off camera vehicles. I think yes, exactly. And it was one of those for the Colonial, and got it home and hit the button and the missile just went yeah, and it just it just stuck out half an inch. And it's one of those first times as a kid you just know what a ripoff is. You just you just you just sit there like dejected, like what just happened, you know? Uh, you know, because some kid in Iowa shot a missile down his throat. You know, uh, I call that culling the herd. Personally, I don't. It's I don't yeah, think that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, what what would that kid have grown up to be anyway? Seriously, oh, I don't. It, there's, there's a great Joel Hodgson bit about. Um, uh, growing up with those child warnings, and he was talking about the creepy crawler set, and he goes, "Some kid got burned. We all got burned, but we didn't cry about it." Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. We all shot these. We all shot these missiles out. I never thought I could shoot it in my brother's eye, 
yeah. you know, and he was going to be okay. So I should I should suffer because you know one kid. I'm being come on world. Don't don't get upset at this. I'm being silly, but yeah. But I I had those first uh, couple of ships that with it with a and and the um, you know the the Shogun Warriors, those smaller Shogun Warriors. I had some Japanese stuff that was like from, right from Japan, the Ark stuff. Right. And then I had some of that Shogun Warrior stuff that that shot. I mean, these missiles were tiny, and they shot like half a block away. You had to really find these things. And then the next batch was a missile that was about four inches long with a big red rubber end <laughs> to it. Yeah. And when you put it in this tiny arm on the ship, it shot out and it just fell right to the ground. It, just, it shot about an inch and it just fell straight down to the ground. So um, I remember those ships were Battlestar. I had just about all the figures, I think. I'm, I'm almost positive. I've got a few of them still. I don't know what happened to all of them, but you know, talk to my mother about that. But um, yeah, the Cylons. I, did, I didn't have the gold one, but I had Bore and the other ones I mentioned, and, and, and the Daggett. And uh, but you know, I was pretty. Obs- I mean, I liked Six Million Dollar Man. I really dug it, but I loved Battlestar Galactica. Like it was, it was like, you know, we were all obsessed with Star Wars, and then to me, Battlestar was like, wow, we're getting this once a week, mm. you know, on, on television. And I had coloring the coloring books, the, the the comics, the board game, you know, I had everything you could think of. I really, really dug it, and it's, it's very exciting to be doing this. That was the worst board game ever. I think I think that was issued to everybody. Yeah, that one and that Escape from Death Star. Yeah. Game, the Star Wars game. Everybody got those things. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's really cool. So this is a bit of a dream come true for you, and I know you put a lot of effort into into getting the license, and uh, is. Um, so it's going to be a pretty fairly exciting year for Biff Bang Pow, uh, especially with the continuation of uh, Venture, Doctor Who. Are you guys still looking for more properties right now, or are you just going to kind yeah, of? Yeah, we no, we do, and we, you know, we we're like I mentioned before, we're we're at that point where the studios are calling us, and everybody wants to sort of work with us, and you know, what what can we do for this new property? What can we do for this cult property? And it's it's very difficult because. We're a small operation, and we try to keep it very much, you know, b- between us and, and Jason Labowitz and, you know, and, and, and our, you know, our graphics department and everything. And so we can't spread ourselves too, too thin, but this is a big, you know, getting these two out is a big deal. And it is, again, this is stuff that we all, you know, that we dug as, as kids, that we, we love these things as kids. Some of us, you know, love them more than others. You know, I may I may know you know, Battlestar more than Jason. Jason may know Six Million Dollar Man better than I do. Uh, Doctor Who may be more for me or whatever, but it's really uh, just bizarre to think that we're talking about this, that these mm-hmm. things that I loved so much as a kid. You know, I had the the big Cylon, too, the big Cylon and the Colonial Warrior, those Mattel figures that were oh, Captain Laser. Captain Laser, yeah. Yeah, the Captain Laser ripoff. I had those. Um, and uh, it's just wild to think that we're we're doing this. I just, I love Battlestar Galactica. I, I, and I dug the new show, mm-hmm. but one of the things we wanted to mention in the press release was how much fun, you know, it was pure good and evil, and there was a mythology to it, but it was very much space cowboys, you know, and, and fun with uh, with uh, Battlestar Galactica, and we want to remind people how fun the original show was. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned that, and that's one of the things, I, I dug the new show as well, on its own, but one of the things I used to say when I was watching is, like, I miss the capes. You yeah. know, you know, I just yeah. I miss I miss when sci-fi had a little bit of you know, a little bit of fun to it. And um uh, well, people forget too, I think that this was and this is what I, you know, I just to sound like a 
you know, one of those guys that knows way too much at the bar, you know, <laughs> um, um, you know, this, this show was massive. I mean, yeah. this was a, this was a, that pilot was a three hour television movie. And I believe, and I could be wrong. You could look this up probably right in front of you. I think that thing got like 63 million people in America watching that thing. It was huge. And that was 1978. Like, there were only the three networks, and it was like, the whole country tuned into this thing. And it was always, like, in the top 20. The problem that it went away, that's always been told, the problem was that uh, it was too expensive. It was it was over a million dollars an episode because of the effects and everything. And they just, and also because ABC initially ordered X amount of episodes, then they saw the result and said, give us twice that. And they were overwhelmed and didn't have, didn't have enough... Uh, Material they had were writing scripts on the fly and everything else, but it was huge. And they, those guys were everywhere. The junkets that they did and the talk shows and everything. You can go on YouTube and look up, you know, the Mike Douglas show with like Dirk Benedict and Richard Hatch and those guys. And so I've always had a soft spot for like Dirk Benedict. And I finally met him a year and a half, you know, almost a year and a half ago now at Comic Con 2010. And it was very very surreal. And I bought his book and we talked about, you know, his health and everything else. But it was wow! This is Starbucks. This is that guy I thought was the, Han, the television Han Solo, you know, um, way back then. And it was it was really really big. And I, well, I just I, I guess I kind of want to give it its due. You know, it's it's gotten some stuff over the past 25 years, but we really want to do something that that is very very cool and kind of definitive. And yet also, as people are mentioning on on the boards on the museum there, that wow, this would have been in the stores back in 78, you know, mm-hmm. Nico would have probably grabbed this. You know? Absolutely. And maybe you know that, like that's a question I've always been curious about. Why, why, why didn't Nico grab that? Well, if they, if they grabbed star, if they didn't, if they didn't get star Wars and then they grabbed all the sci-fi stuff that came down the pike, which ended up, you know, kind of hurting them in some ways. How did they miss that one? I can tell you. Um, I don't know the story of the $6 million man. I know Hasbro, wanted to grab the license and didn't. Maybe it's because it it took a while to find its voice when it first came on TV, but somehow Kenner got that. But Battlestar Galactica was um, offered to Mego first, and they, oh, sent, they sent an R&D guy by the name of John McNett. And John McNett was pretty prolific in the company, and he's, he, he before he passed away, he managed to uh, helped Ben Holcomb on his uh, World's Greatest Toys book and gave a lot of insight. And one of the things he said was, the the Battlestar movie played in Canada before I think it played in the U.S. I'm not. It was released theatrically here. I, I can't remember the, but it was it, it it before it came on television. It was it was in theaters in Canada. So they sent John McNett to Canada to watch it and see what he thought. And he came back and said, "We don't need this." Wow. So they passed on Battlestar. Wow, based on one guy's opinion. Yeah. So it what it did go to them first. They did have like first refusal because they were so big. Mega yep. was, was the they were the king really. Yep. So Wow, okay. that's that's fascinating. That and see that's that's a very specific story. Like that mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like just you know, a bunch of guys going, Oh, let's evaluate this, let's evaluate that. That's just like one guy sees the pilot and that was so that was like in sense arounds? Was yeah. it sense around yeah, Canada I think too? So. Yeah, I missed it in the theater, but my friends all saw it. Oh, I saw it in sense around. Oh, okay. And I I couldn't get my head around the fact that I was why were they you know, you're a kid, so you kinda of think, Well, are they doing is it a new um movie? Especially for the theater? And then I didn't really understand 
what they were doing that was different for the theater, other than the sense around thing. Yeah, and you uh, know, if the sense around, I think it came out after the show had had aired, right? Yeah, it aired. They they put it out theatrically. It was kind of like the Buck Rogers thing, right? Except the opposite, the backwards way. Didn't Buck Rogers air as a movie first? Uh, I think it was released theatrically first, and then it, it was in the fall. It was aired as a pilot. Um, and there's like, awesome theme song that has since been cut from every DVD that's been released. Actually, it's on the it's on the official DVD. No. Yeah. Yeah, the TV. The official series? DVD, the, the TV set. Yeah, yeah, it's got that long theme song, I think, and and that long opening, that kind of James Bond opening. No, but what's weird about that is that if you go, because I don't have the DVDs, but I have the uh, you know the Netflix instant thing. Yeah. And I've done that for the series and watched the pilot, and it's not on the pilot. Oh, okay, maybe maybe so I'm maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I, I it's no, been a no, while. maybe it's just the home, maybe it's just the DVD thing. I thought I'd read something online that cause you, you, I found the clip on YouTube. Yeah. You know, the, the scene where it's very Bond-esque. And, uh, interesting. Yeah, Saga of the Star World was just sent to Canada before it was on the, before it was on television. I don't know why we were special. But that that's where, that's where John McNett screened it was in, was probably in Montreal or Toronto. And um, he didn't like it. He did not like it. Any, were there any specifics as to why? Uh, I'd have to ask Ben because Ben just kind of reports it as an anecdote, but I, th- I just don't think he thought it was all that special. So, you know. Wow. And, and you know what's funny is he may have been right because I have a lot of, not to say it doesn't have its merit as a license now, but I think a lot of licensors, when the show went off the air, the sales just dropped of the toys at the time. Um, because I have a few art, more than a few articles, and I was thinking of sending them to you uh, just as a gag. That where uh, where Universal had to sue to get their money out of companies like Laramie and um, oh I, I I can't remember the other names but you know other than Mattel I think that they had uh, they had some issue getting their their royalties out of some companies so yeah no that's true though they 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 probably well I I don't think they treated it right you know I think it got kind of messed up in the schedule and stuff and they they didn't promote it as well as they did when it first sort of launched. And they kind of ended up suffering, you know, because of it. But they, you know, they they were thinking it was going to be those blockbuster ratings. Had they only done like half the the season, maybe, mm-hmm. and, and taken more time with the scripts, and you know, because that that pilot's pretty impressive. I mean, it really it is. is. It really is. Um, you know, I'm going to have to cut us off there because uh, my yeah, no my meter's running here. Uh, but uh, is there any last parting words you want to give us on these on these two new acquisitions? Well, uh, just a couple of things. I'd just like to say thank you so much for all the kind words that I'm seeing on the boards and uh, messages and suggestions and and the excitement that's that's building. I hope it translates to everyone that's that's fans of Nigo and and above. And just stay tuned because we're gonna you like what we've done so far, and I hope that you do. You're gonna love what we're doing with with these licenses and it's it's going to be a fun ride looking forward to getting on board thank you man and thank you so much for the time i appreciate thank, it thank you man all right talk soon Take okay care. well I'm, I'm going to cut it off now before you guys start talking about what kind of jammies you were wearing in the 70s <laughs> but <laughs> i do apologize for the ramble i had come off an eight-hour car ride and jason and i do talk a lot and that's the kind of conversations we have so that's kind of an i guess 
Yeah. A little bit of an intro into my life. No, it, it, it's fine. I understand. I mean, you know, Jason's a busy person, so I know, like, my position as co-host of the Mego Museum podcast isn't completely in jeopardy, but I would understand if you kind of, you, the two of you just need to be alone. Well, actually, Jason's got his own podcast coming up. Oh, no, really? Yeah, yeah. I wish I was better prepared, but I believe you'll be able to find information of that at uh, Action Figure Insider. Oh, that makes that makes sense. I love Jason's columns for Action Figure Insider. Mm-hmm. Go, good. Do I. Good development. Yeah, good I, development. I, like, I liked his uh, last one. If you don't check, if you haven't, check out Jason's columns at uh, the, uh, I believe it's called Men of Action section of uh, Action Figure Insider. He does some wonderful pop culture, I guess rants would be a, a fair fair assessment. Mm-hmm. Uh, his recent one uh, against the uh, Star Wars Blu-rays really made me laugh, actually. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I did read that, too. He had a lot of good points. Um, I, I, I don't know what that if that's going to help us with in the future of Star Wars Migos, but... <laughs> you know. of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I, you know what? year looking at it is, as it is, I mean, uh, I'm a tremendous Doctor Who fan, I love Six Million Dollar Man, and I won't even pretend that I won't buy Battlestar Galactica. Right. So it's it's going to be an expensive year as it is. I don't need Star Wars lumped on top of it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's you know, it's interesting that the, the, the same week that the that this announcement from Biff Bang Pow came out, someone had posted a, uh, a link to Adam Paulus's blog where he was talking about the really I think just sort of speculating more than anything else on the possibilities of Star Wars Mego style action figures. That's right. And yeah. I, I I thought that the two of those things coming along simultaneously was kind of interesting because um, part of part of the point uh, that he was making, if correct me if I'm wrong, was you know basically that that our generation is getting old and becoming more less and less relevant all the time and that that you know this this sort of retro amigo thing is is going to play itself out and it's not going to be as interesting to merchandisers going forward and then and then here we sort of have like you know I was going to say you know, if, if you if you're not going to have Star Wars Migos, then really the next best thing would be Battlestar Galactica and Six Million Dollar Man. I mean, like if there is a master list of the master want list of Migo style, you know, please make these. Uh, these two are right up there. So it's almost as if like we're almost done here, folks. Just like you know, give us twelve Star Wars figures and we'll go away. We'll die well, quietly. I, I think you know. I think we did a poll last year. Give me if I'm wrong. And the, the the in the top ten were Six Million Dollar Man, Battlestar Galactica, Doctor Who, and uh, the, of course the Marvel comic superheroes and the Star Wars characters. Right. Um, so yeah, we we really did a, 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 the, probably the best job ever this year. Not when I say we, but as as a collector base, we we got the, we had the best year ever this year in terms of goals. You know, if you think back to the '90s. You know, we, we were happy with one character to come out on that scale. I, I know that there is the, the whole thing of the aging population, and it's hard to deny that, you know, us as Gen X, we're, we're getting a bit older. Um, but, but one thing that kind of strikes me as, as important to the whole retro thing is its cost-effectiveness. Right. You know, I know what it costs to sculpt and produce a three-and-three-quarter action figure, and you better have pre-orders of, of 10,000 to make them cost-effective. Right. Uh, but, you know, you can do 
so much more with the the Mego versatility. So we may it, it, it may be interesting to um, niche properties more and more, you know. And and as as a whole fan base of toy collectors, it's it's I think we're sh I think action figure collecting is going to see a shrink because how many Darth Vaders can you put in your house, you know? Right. You need a massive turnover, so I, I'm not sure we're we're dead in the water so much. Not quite done yet. Well, you know, yeah. and 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 kudos to you know Jason and Biff Bang Pow for em, embracing the format and oh, yeah. and getting really creative with with the licenses. Um, I mean, you know, Battlestar Galactica and Six Million Dollars. Those are just those are just natural, you know, no brainers really. But you know everything from that to you know the Venture Brothers, etc. I mean, they 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 have faith in, and in, in the format. And as Jason has told us, um, they have no shortage of of licensees, or licensees, licensors, who are coming to them wanting with with interest in in, in making figures with them. So um, yeah, and and uh, I've been trying to push Jason towards. Uh, obscure things like man from atlantis which he is not having much of a go with yeah but i mean how can anybody complain right well there as, as many people have pointed out on the boards the relationship with nbc universal is uh, uh is an exciting one because you've also have uh what do they have uh magnum pi the a team um and a couple of others that are miami vice yeah you know it's interesting i, I wonder how they would translate to action figure sales but you know, it's it's nice to have that uh, that character breadth available to you. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So, all right. Well, listen, it's been a long time since we've done Amigo Museum podcast. Uh, this It's been kind of a long summer. We went on vacation. Yeah. All kinds of, of uh, lame excuses. But Back to school. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Employment, <laughs> you know, jobs. Um, anyway, but uh, uh, I invested in a shiny new microphone, and uh, we're going to try to get back on back in the saddle. We got some cool other interviews coming up uh, in the near future, and um, hopefully, we'll see a new Amiga Museum podcast very soon. Yeah, I would say look for one uh, in the coming weeks. All right. Well, it's nice to hear your voice again, Brian. It is, it is lovely to hear from you again as well. <laughs> All right. Hey, until uh, so let's go ahead and wrap it up and say uh, until next time, this is Scott. And this is Brian. We're saying, saying collect them all. Bye, Migo.